Benvenidos and welcome to the Platform Latino podcast where we profile, highlight, and bring to the airwaves the successes of our community and those helping us to get us there. I'm your host, Osvaldo Valdez, and I'd like to thank you for joining us and enjoy the show. wonderful guest and I'm really excited to um, start this podcast and interview. We have the wonderful Stephanie Floor, the the owner, founder, creator, inventor of Around the World Beauty and she's a wonderful makeup artist. Um, she's done amazing things and she's done tours all around the world. Um, welcome Stephanie. Thanks for having me Ozzy. So how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good. Excited to be uh, here and be on your podcast. Perfect. And um, so tell me, like, how'd you, like, what's your origin story? Where, where'd you get started? With my business or with in life? In life, business, life? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> you start somewhere. I'm a Long Island girl, 100%. Uh, if anyone is not from Long Island, we're just wild women out there just basically living on an island just causing ruckus out there but um i'm from long island and i have been in the city for about 12 years now i went to fit i used to live in la and i've been over to 35 countries so far wow 35 do you have like a goal number do you i wanted to do 30 before 30 oh did you accomplish it yeah i did oh what was the 30th country i actually don't remember i so many yeah i actually don't remember i think i was just like traveling so it just ended up happening you took a road trip to canada and yeah just no knocked i haven't been to, wait i have been to canada actually yeah oh so it might be even more <laughs> probably so and then like um where did the idea of so so you have like two sides of the business right you have like your your makeup artist side and then around the world correct yes so do you want to tell me a little bit about either or both Sure. So I've always wanted to be a makeup artist since I was like 14 years old. It's two things I wanted in my life was to uh, be a professional makeup artist and own a Pomeranian named Duchess. And so I've done both. And uh, I went to L.A. when I was 19 to get started in the industry because I couldn't afford to go to makeup school because it was really expensive here in New York. And so instead, I begged my mom to move to Los Angeles. I went by myself and just started working literally the next day that I got there. Uh, six years in or maybe five years in I was working with one of the biggest celebrities in the world and jet setting with her to Aspen and going to all these places that you know I only dreamed of kind of living that celebrity lifestyle that most people see on TV and uh, for me I felt like it just wasn't enough I was living this dream life as a makeup artist that I had envisioned since I was 14 but I felt like there was definitely something more out there I had dreams of being an ambassador for a huge uh, beauty brand, be the spokesperson, but I wanted a brand that actually made a difference, that protected animals, that made a difference in the world. And so instead of me waiting for my one shot to come along, which in our industry, what that means is that there's a certain um, strategy that works. Basically, you work as an assistant to the biggest makeup artist, and then one day, they don't show up for work, and guess what? It's your lucky moment, and you get to do the makeup on like a famous celebrity with a cover, and your career blows up. But realistically, we're in 2019, and that's not really how it works anymore. And even though that's how it's been for like 20 years for makeup artists, I just felt like there was a way that I actually could um, kind of cut that line short a bit, 
But I knew that there was a way that I could put myself in front of the line without having to wait 20 more years to be a spokesperson. So um, I thought I went to school for marketing and advertising. I've been always obsessed with understanding the psychology of people and why they buy things. And so I thought to myself, I said, well, why don't I write the story first? You know, in order to be a spokesperson, you need to have a story to tell. And my story really, it was cool. It was like, you know, I work with celebrities. I did this, but it still didn't have enough meat to it. So I just thought, I was like, well, what about if my story was about traveling the world and in search of beauty? And I was obsessed with uh, Al Gore's um, TV channel called Current TV and his documentaries. And I love the way that they went into the rainforest and like took images and pictures of people that were basically destroying the planet. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to go into the jungles and meet people that are doing some pretty crazy things. And so I said, well, I can be a documentarist who travels the world in search of beauty. And, uh, and that's what I started to do. So now 35 countries later, I feel that I'm super lucky that I get to go to places to uncover beauty secrets and meet locals um, who can share with me their stories. And I only see the beginning right now, but I'm really looking forward to the future of it. That's awesome. And like, are you allowed to name some of the celebrities you worked with? Or? I actually can't because I've signed like NDAs and stuff. Uh, okay, cool. We'll, we'll just keep it. I'll take your word yeah, it's, for it. Yeah, it's our secret. It's our secret. <laughs> So, yeah, and, like, I was wondering, because, like, what are some of the countries you, so you go to these countries and you find, like, the sources and their makeup and beauty secrets. It could be anything, right? It's not just makeup focus? It, no, it's everything from hair, beauty, rituals, fashion, textiles, sustainability. You know, it started off with ju just wanting to be makeup and products, but mm -hmm. then the more that I uncovered, it was, like, there was so much more there. That's there was spirituality involved. There was family involved there was fashion involved there was music involved so you know beauty transcends and yeah it involves a little bit of everything and how do you like find these places i'm sure you have like like a set list but then when you run out of that list like where's the next country do you do research or like how do you find this well lucky for us the beauty industry has basically pro profited of our stories globally okay. and so for me I kind of work backwards so I look at what is the industry doing right now what's the new beauty ingredient that's out and I work backwards on where they're sourcing their um, their products from and then I go to that source because I, it's it's pretty funny but a lot of these brands claim that they have certain ingredients and certain stories behind them that are inspired by different cultures so for me I use that platform and then I just work backwards to find the, like the root of it oh cool and then, like, so you said you, you started off in L.A. as a makeup artist, and then you, you didn't want to take the, the 20, 30-year route. You said, no, I'm going to cut this short. Let me see. What was the – so you said you started, like, making your own connections in, in, in the industry. And, like, what inspired you? What gave you, like, did you have the imposter syndrome and say, like, who am I to do all this? Like, what, what kind of kept you going during these times? So, like I mentioned, I went to school for advertising and marketing, and I forgot to mention PR. And okay. so, like, I love PR because PR is basically all an illusion. Everything around us is a true illusion of what reality is. So, for me, of course, I had a little bit of an imposter syndrome, but I also knew that it's not about what you think you are. It's about what everyone else can, like, understand of who you are. So, PR is super important. So, when I was, like, 24 or 23 I started doing PR for myself I was just like pitching myself to different uh, 
magazines and just getting in the door using the title makeup artist goes global and finding that like pitch to get me like into the doors of people that would probably ignore me <laughs> but um but i had a story to tell and because and that's what pr is it's all about creating a buzz it's all about finding what makes you different than your person next to you and um and kind of growing on that so to answer your question i think that's okay P- yeah so pr like what was the first pitch that you did and like what was the result and how did oh, you this, feel this was like by far the my favorite so um so I was living in LA and I had gotten an email from Teen Vogue and the Teen Vogue said we are looking for the next big makeup artist is that you submit your um, your essay to us and then you could win like a backstage patch to fashion week and come to Teen Vogue offices and be in the magazine and so I saw that and I was like hmm okay that's me I'm officially the next big makeup artist so I have to win this contest and so basically I wrote this essay but what they did but what what I did was on the envelope outside of my essay I put the winner of the number one makeup artist like in the world and then I put like all these images like outside of the envelope and then I had my mother because I was in LA in New York hand delivered the envelope to Condé Nast at the building (laughs) they thought I was crazy but it was great because a few months later, I think two months later, I get a call and I was in Costa Rica, which is where I'm from, and um, it was Teen Vogue calling me. And they were like, hey, like we want to let you know that you won the contest. I was like, oh it's my amazing. God, I was waiting for your call. So I, I always operate from that place. Like I don't just make moves. Like I tell a lot of like my nephews this and my, my friends this. Like every move that I make is super intentional. Mm-hmm. Like my friendships are intentional my everything is intentional because if we're not creating and authoring like the kind of life that we want then i don't know like it doesn't bring me joy to just take a seat back you know Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like you know a lot of these self-help and like motivational speakers they tell you manifest it and think it you you kind of think it but then i'll actually do it and like put it on paper and like promote it i guess pr yeah and just kind of get it out there and you know even if it's not true yet you know it's going to be true so you do both of them and that's pretty um admirable like to to actually (laughs) i i don't think i would ever have the confidence to write the winner of this is and then send it in or have it hand delivered but (laughs) but that's awesome and then what came of it did you you went to fashion week yeah i went to fashion week i ended up meeting this woman who became one of my biggest mentors Lori taylor she was the spokesperson for smashbox i ended up meeting the editor the beauty editor of teen vogue who is now like a beauty influencer with like Instagram and so I still keep in contact with those relationships but Mm -hmm. it was my first taste of like when you want something you just have to get it and you got to claim it you know gotcha and then you took it and ran with it yeah I like it was my first PR piece I still have it and I'm still (laughs) super proud of it and no uh, you should be and then fast forward it's always you know it's it's always like a journey to continue like what you believe in and what you want to create so Mm -hmm awesome and then um like so you you've traveled the world learning these new techniques i have one question what's the weirdest beauty practice or technique that you've learned of and have you ever like encountered one that you're like hell no i'm never trying that oh that's a good one well i feel like i've tried almost everyone that i've came across i definitely have tried like even like I've had to get very uncomfortable like in the Korean bathhouse where you have to just basically go in there with nothing and just walk around and then we yeah it's it was that my friend didn't want to do it she did not go into it but I did uh, but it's been a I feel that the most interesting one that I've seen is um <laughs> there's so many weird ones 
I can't. You can name a few. No, I can't even talk. I can't even talk about it with you here. But it's gonna be rated R. Uh, I mean, one of the really coolest ones has been like in Colombia. I think you've done it where you go into the mud okay. and the volcanoes. That one was pretty cool. I love the ones that mix spirituality with beauty where you go into sacred waters and they bless the waters that you're in and you're supposed to be connected. And I like that. That was in Colombia as well or in Oaxaca in Mexico where they like bathe you, like herbal bathing, which is really special. Oh. Yeah, there's then, so many. And like what's one that if you could either afford it or if it was practical and like available what's something that you would do like weekly or the hammam I, I i live in new york city and there's still not a hammam here one that is what not is the hammam? so hammam is basically a bathing practice where they scrub you from head to toe but when i tell you this bath is unlike anything it's like you're a dog in the bath and like they just like scrub every inch of your body from head to toe they like just soak you up oh my god there's they soap you up in like all this bubble stuff. This is the Korean bathhouse. No, one? no, no. Oh, this, this is a different is the, um, one. Well, now that we're talking about it, the Turkish ones are my favorite. Okay. Yeah, the Turkish ones are like, it, like it's just like oh, you're like in marble, like you're basically in a palace. Oh. You're in a palace the whole time, and you're like laying on marble, and they're scrubbing you like, yeah, it's just <laughs> from like head to toe, and you're so clean. Like I don't think I've ever been that clean. <laughs> and then they put lotion. And you're, you just feel like a baby, kind of like when mm-hmm. you were a child and people would, like, do yeah. that to you. Yeah, they don't do that. It was yet. a long time ago, but... <laughs> yeah. So. That's cool. And, like, what other, like, countries that have you found, like, some of these secrets? Every single... I would love to go back to Tanzania. There's one of my favorite islands is Zanzibar. Okay. And Zanzibar is what I consider... It's Muslim. It's African. It's African. has Arabic architecture. So it's all these... Zanzibar basically was the slave, the route for slave trade, so it, for the Arabics, and so mm. it still has an Arabic culture, um, but this like Muslim and African touch to it that's you don't find anywhere else. Cause it's like in East Africa, you know, and everything is like stone. So all the rituals have to do with like, uh, like natural stones and like bark of wood, and it's just really beautiful to just walk around there and see what the what the women look like because they're so dark, and then they have all these bright colors because they're covered, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's cool. And then, um, so with the around the world beauty, you do these beauty trips too, right? Yeah. What what goes on with those? Like, is it it's for anybody? Is it for like people looking? No like- men are allowed, Ozzy. Only women. <laughs> I'm not trying to I'm invite just myself. I'm just kidding, but I, just kidding. For the listeners, I'm for talking. For the listeners, absolutely. Yeah, no. The women listeners, as she stated. Yeah, the, I mean, all are welcome for sure. But um, we do women's retreats. So we do two a year. And they're really special because we bring, we like gather these tribe of women who, what we call, are beauty curious. So it's women who don't have to be makeup artists, they don't have to work in the beauty industry. But they're women that are curious for self care, mm-hmm. who are curious about traditions and cultures and are willing to get uncomfortable and because our trips aren't we say our trips are not vacations they are not like retreats this is not a self-help love like come find yourself kind of situation this is a, a situation where you come on a journey to a country and we deep dive into what that country is and that culture is we primarily focus on education so we want to learn from the local women on what exactly it means to be a local there, what their culture is about, what their religion um, perspectives are. We want to make sure that when we leave that country, we left, we one, left it better, but we second can leave knowing that like we left a part of who we are there and we took a little bit as well. 
uh, it's not a shopping trip. A lot of people feel like they hear beauty and, you know, curated and they're going to go shopping like crazy. I mean, we do like to shop for sure. Um, but we always make sure that we are giving back in every step of the way. So we partner with local women on the ground. We go to an eco camp to make sure that we're just not like glamping in the Sahara, that we actually are willing to get uncomfortable to make a difference in the places that we're visiting. And we recreate all the beauty traditions. So we recreate weddings in India. Uh, we get the henna and turmeric um, rituals done to ourselves just to understand like what their culture is. You know, I have a fascination. I mean, I think many of your listeners grew up watching Disney movies, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Right? Yes. Did you, what's your favorite Disney movie? Oh, man, that's a hard one. So the one I always remembered, I don't know why it's my favorite, and the one that first came to mind is Lady and the Tramp. I just Lady and the Tramp? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know. It's, not, it's an oddball one, but... And then there's another one that I remember, Tres Caballeros, but that one was like a, like a low-key one. It, they didn't promote it too much. Yeah, I don't think I saw that one. <laughs> I don't like mainstream. I don't like the stereotypical. Mm. But I know my brother was like in love with Toy Story and Lion King, of course. Yeah. And what's your favorite movie? No, I'm, I'm, I mean... Do you like, like the uh, Little Mermaid when no, she was playing with my, my whole life is because of Aladdin. I think I just watching oh, Aladdin, Aladdin yesterday, and I was crying the whole time. There's a video of me that my brother took of me crying. Um... But so there's, so there's many movies, I think, that we've seen that have inspired us to, like, think about what else is possible out there outside of our own cultural, like, understanding. So for me, it's like I look at a movie like Aladdin and the outfits and the makeup and, like, the storytelling of it, and I'm just obsessed. Like, mm. I want to be in that space, and I, you know, necessarily didn't grow up with Indian friends, but I want to travel and I want to be exposed to that because uh, it's so beautiful. And... Um, yeah, no, it's it's a very cool journey for women to go on to explore a new place. And, like, my favorite thing that I talk to them about is how it's going to impact not just them, but, like, their whole rest of their lives. Like, mm. their kids will wear Indian clothes. And, you know, it just creates more open-mindedness and more love in the world by traveling with us. And I like how you get, like, you get past, like, the touristy stuff. Oh, like, yeah. You're, you're like, that's just very superficial. Some people just go and see the sights, but they don't really see the true culture they don't venture off the the road into like where the true people that the real locals live and yeah. when i went to costa rica with my my dad and my brother we we wouldn't go like the the first restaurant we saw we know we want to see where like where the locals because yeah. we wanted like real food and real see we didn't want to see like the you know powdered up what what they think americans like and i'm hitting my mic <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it, like no i like that that you, you take them into like the the local culture and yeah. they see firsthand what it is and where like where have some of these trips been and what's upcoming so we've done ecuador we've done tanzania we've done india and we've done morocco so we're going to be launching japan in 2020 and doing awesome. morocco again oh cool yeah so the good thing is like kind of what you said like you want to get off the beaten path but you know, what I try to tell my girls and people who want to travel with us is that I've done the nitty gritty work already. Like I've gone to the countries, I've met people that I built connections with. And there's a little bit of um, magic that's involved as well. Like I can't tell you how many times on my research trips I go there and I really let people lead the way. You'll be surprised if you just randomly ask questions like what what it um, what it can lead to. Mm-hmm. And that's how I travel. Like I'm definitely not like I like to travel and like meet people and talk to people. But also, I have an agenda to like, be like, okay, like, I want to build business here. Like, I, like my visions are so insane on what's possible that I'm like, like, oh my, God, I hope I get to do it in this lifetime. But um, so when you come, it's like you're going to meet my family because I've gotcha. built this family relationship um, in different parts around the world, and it's exciting to bring more people that can um, 
share this this passion as well yeah because i was gonna ask like do you go to these countries first like do you go a few times like to establish all these connections is it a lot of like online research like do you roll the dice you spin a globe and say okay i'm gonna find out the beauty secrets of mongolia or yeah. or like the the ukraine like where like how like do you do the research like what kind of research do you do be prior and then do you go first establish all the connections and then create the the excursion for me it's been a little bit of both it's been a little bit of me just wanting to travel the world like before i was doing the tours before i was doing what i'm doing now i really was just like wanting to travel the world to build the story remember i spoke about mm -hmm. that uh, but what ended up happening along the journey was that i was there wanting to create a story of who i was as an artist but what ended up happening is i became a citizen of the world and i saw very closely what needed to change globally within our industry that i did become a spokesperson for a major brand at one time and uh okay check that off the list you know mm -hmm. and so now it's more about well i see what's possible when people come together when women unify uh through beauty and so when i go to these countries at first it was just for my own my mm -hmm. own passion of traveling and my own like wanting to to be free to be honest and to and then it's addicting anyone that travels Definitely. knows that like you go from one country and you're like oh my god like this is amazing and then you go to a country like in asia like thailand or korea or japan and you're like oh my god like i've never in my life felt this sort of disconnect from humanity but here i am like trying and being i don't know it's the most fascinating thing that anyone can do is travel because every country has a different story to tell and i love it like when you're lost you like rediscover yourself every time oh i like that and have you lost yourself you rediscovered like do you learn something new each time or like, what was the last thing you learned about yourself on this last trip I'm trying to think. Oh, Morocco. Yeah, I was just there for almost two months. So let me think of what I... So one thing I learned about Morocco is the nothingness of life. And I, I think that coming back to America and being in this life and New York life, like the minute you hit New York City, it's like your, your heart's like pounding. You're like, oh my God, what am I up to? Like, what am I creating? I can do anything. Um, but in countries like Morocco, it's like life is just very... Like, there's nothing that you need. There's just life happening, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... I think any place outside of New York City does not feels like that. But um, so the last thing I learned was just like the simple act of just being. Okay, being present. And like, yeah, definitely being present. Um, and I mean, we're so lucky here in America. You know, we, we jump and there's a floor there. Whereas uh -huh. like in Morocco, you jump and there might be a cow under you. You know, you just don't <laughs> know what might be under you. And uh, that unpre unpredictable, what is it called? Unpredictability. Unpredictability, yeah, is so fun when you're there mm -hmm. but then you get a sense of like like i want to go back to my comfort zone i want to be predictable and all that mm -hmm. stuff but how like how like these things that you've learned like this unpredictability and like that they're like new york's always on the go 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 yeah. like what do you like i'm sure like i know when i travel i bring stuff back in, with me and you know sometimes you reflect on it sometimes you don't but what are like how do you try to incorporate incorporate the, these new findings about yourself like in your day-to-day I think that it just, I mean, everything, like how I dress, how I am, how I talk, how I be, like, it all just flows, you know, it's just, I don't think about what I should be doing, it's more of like, I just am, you know, and but I think New York does get to me at times where I'm like, oh my god, like, there's so many things I should be doing, but most of the time, I think, I, I don't know, because I get an itch too, I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I've been here for too long, like, I'm starting to feel <laughs> like I... I like all these thoughts but um 
I think I bring them and they're just part of me. I just don't think about them. I think when someone meets me, they can feel that energy space, you know? Definitely. It's just more open. You mm. know, I'm not ever looking at anyone like I'm expecting anything of them. Yeah, you, you, at you, times. At times, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> everybody has some kind of, um. You, you expect something from them. You might have high expectations, but you have to lower them or, you, or whatnot. But um, so you've accomplished so much. And you, you, you said check off the box. You know, you became your spokesperson for a major brand. You know, you've toured with celebrities. You're a well-known makeup artist. You get gigs. You're working regularly. How do you, like, what's your planning? Like, what do you do? Like, okay, what's the next steps? Do you, do you have, like, a long bucket list of career goals? Do you have, like, a short-term one? Like, I'm just asking because, you know, if listeners are in that, like, okay, I've checked off all these boxes. What next? Like, where can I go? Yeah. For me, it's it's really interesting because I feel that I, I I mean when I can step back outside of myself and be like oh wow like I'm really proud of what I've been able to create but there's still so much more you know there's financial there's financial stability there's being with your family creating family um, but I think for me it's very like I'm always constantly looking at what what I actually need in my life because mm-hmm. uh, I think we can easily be triggered on what we think we should be doing. And for me, I think that that space of like, oh my God, I should have this or I should have this or I should be thinking about this. Once I get into that mindset, it just like overtakes me. And then it's like, I gotta go. Like I gotta go somewhere where I can be near the beach or I can like not worry about these things. But um, I think, yes, there's like, there's a whole list of things that I wanna create beyond this moment. But I don't want to do them because I need them to define who I am. It's just more of a, I get to have this much fun in my life and if I get to them, that's amazing. But I also have priorities of like being with my family. And um, and so I think that it's always like a balanced situation. Mm. I think what's most important isn't about that to-do list or that bucket list or what you want to get done. It's more about having like mind balance and like the word's not safe, but um, taking care of yourself. Because I think this place will tell you what you think you should be having and I don't it, think we need anything. Is that like the pillars you kind of live by? Like your mind, body, and like peace of mind, I guess, and ba- I don't balance. And yeah, I think so because of, I think because I'm a traveler, it's it's an ease. I can easily escape things. Like whenever I'm feeling a sort of anxiety or whether whether I'm feeling like oh my god, like like something's coming up, I can just leave, you know. But mm-hmm. it's like how do you stay here and have that balance here? It's mm-hmm. like we can never continue to escape life because life is always happening. But how do I find that balance here, like in my home, with where I live and with the people that I'm surrounding myself with? That's why I say everything's like intentional. I allow magic in my life, but I'm also very like careful on like who's in my space and mm. uh, what interactions I'm having. And is that just from like things happening in the past? You let like toxic people or like no, people that no. just kind of somehow toxic eat. people don't really come into my. Oh yeah, they do. You know, you got family, sometimes <laughs> they, they get involved. Um, but I no, I don't have bad. Um, bad situations because I take full responsibility for when things happen mm-hmm. I just know the importance of having good people around you because who you surround yourself with is like such a key into what your the future looks like for you definitely like having the like I guess you're they say that you're the average of the, the five people that are around you the most so yeah. you, gotta, you gotta always keep that in mind but then you also have different people in your life at different times that are there to a help you as well as help them you know and get them to their goals and on that note like what if somebody's like listening to this and she's like, I've always wanted to be a makeup artist, she or he 
oh, I've always wanted to be a makeup artist. Like, how can I be like Stephanie? What would be like one piece of advice that you would tell, like give them? I would say look at some find someone that you can really connect with find someone whose work you admire find someone who who you kind of not want to replicate but would love to be like and then work backwards i think that literally is the key to everything there's no way of knowing like where we're going unless we have a spot and we can create some like real steps on how to get there and ask for help Mm -hmm. i can't tell you like there's been people in my life that were strangers who i did not know and by me doing my research on who they were and why they were important to be in my life i asked for help and now they're some of my best friends and they've helped me so much and so i would say that where you are today does not define what you are tomorrow so don't be afraid to ask for help and actually be willing to get in the game with the heavy hitters um because if you know again like it's not about winning the game right Mm -hmm. but it's also about if you want it you better get it Mm -hmm. you know and, and that was one other question I had with like when you say heavy hitters and you've worked with like some major celebrities can't mention who but um, what's like one common trait you've seen with celebrities that you're like wow they're like real people like they ha- they have these same feelings or characteristics that I and my friends do or other people have like what's like one common thing that makes them human that, that you've noticed yeah well one thing I've seen is that they all have I don't even maybe today's not like you know today's like a very interesting day for me because I have a lot of thoughts in my mind but I would say that everyone has that negative talk and that's Mm -hmm. actually something really interesting because you see a lot of people and you're like oh they have it all together and and no like everyone has their demons again it's like who you surround yourself with that's going to help you support like that vision Um, and also there's always help and uh, with celebrities specifically I've, I've seen that and I see it in my life too where there's a point where I, like, I don't know if God kind of comes in a bit and he helps that extra mile. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with people who make music, it's like something comes through them that is unexplainable. Entrepreneurs, there's, there's that like serendipitous moment where it just kind of all clicks. But um, so it's like a little bit of that, like a space for God or magic to enter. And then there's the other side where it's we all have demons and we just got to work through them. Gotcha. Yeah, we're all human. And we're, we're all human. Yeah, yeah we all have those bad thoughts. Days. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Okay, so you said you were interested in makeup at 14. You said, I want to be a makeup artist. What, what, what clicked that made you think that? And then who was your first like, role model in that industry or that made, like, you're like, I want to be like them? Yeah, uh, for me, it was a Halloween night in 2000. I'm just kidding. It was, <laughs> literally, it was a Halloween night, and I came into the city with my friends because we used to come into the city. And uh, I don't know what exactly happened, but there was this man that was in drag and had glitter and had eyelashes and had like this huge outfit. He had like a, um, a name badge that said Mac. I have no idea who that person is, but um, I was like, I was like, oh my God, like you look so beautiful. Like, what is it that you do for a living? And he said, I work for Mac, baby. And I'm a makeup artist. And I was like, oh my God, like whatever that means, like I want to be that. And so basically that was like but when I first actually <laughs> learned about what a makeup artist was, because there was no like internet back then mm-hmm. that I could Google. But like I mentioned, I've always been obsessed with illusion. I still am very much um, obsessed with illusion. Like everything is an illusion. And makeup is probably one of the biggest illusions. There's a, does it change who you are? Not ne- sometimes, but not necessarily, but it changes your inside and how you feel about yourself mm-hmm. and, what, and what you feel like when you walk into a room, you know? And so I think I've always just been fascinated how makeup can really change someone's perspective of themselves i used to have a picture of marlon monroe that i ripped out of a magazine and i used to have her on my wall and uh, it was a picture of her sitting like on a bed 
like looking straight and she's had this face of worry right and i remember like loving that picture so much because it was like here's a woman who's so put together who who the world loves but still there's this this emptiness in her Mm. but she's so put together so i and i used to love that picture because it was like makeup and fashion and everything can um, can show this outer appearance but it can hide so much as well mm-hmm. and uh, and you can change characters like one day you can be like a cheerleader and then the next day you can be like goth and the next day you can be like prep and i love or like a like a snow bunny or mm-hmm. a beach goddess you know so it's like makeup and and all that stuff can like create characters like that and mm-hmm. i really i really like that but do you feel like like with young girls do you, is there like like if you have a daughter in the future like what what age will you allow her to start wearing makeup like because i feel like you have to have some self-worth before Mm -hmm. you can you know not not put these masks on but like Mm -hmm. add makeup to just increase your confidence yeah but like what like what would be your argument there Mm. good question i never had this question before i think that i don't know if there's a certain age that i would let her play with makeup because to be honest i'll probably be putting glitter and makeup on her since the day that she like probably she'll be coming out of me and there'll be (laughs) glitter being thrown in my room seriously like i'm just like that human like i actually just that's a great idea can't wait to have a baby to do that but um so i think i'm super open to her wearing whatever it is that she wants but again like it's not about wearing it's not about doing it's about what like context or what are you connecting to in the like in that piece like for my like i hope that my daughter will know that this is all a character mm-hmm. and she can do and be whoever she wants to be and makeup is just an addition to that it doesn't cover who you are which is what i see happening nowadays and um i don't know maybe i'll like sit her down and do like a kumbaya <laughs> and like you know make her look into a mirror and that can be a really cool activity to do since she's five yeah, years old bonding I, yeah i mean i do yoga with my little four-year-old nephew and I will always be, I mean, I'll, like, instill to him that, like, life is more than what you see. Life mm-hmm. is the impact that you're going to have. And I hope that my children grab that. I don't know. Aww. Imagine if I see her, like, walking out of the house with, like, Instagram brows. I'll be like, no. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I think there's something in talking mm-hmm. and, like, letting, I don't know, letting them know. I, know, I don't know. My kids are going to be traveling the world with me. So I hope that they connect with humanity at a younger age where they don't have to cover who they are. Let's high hopes i have high, high expectations over high, here oh, only the see. kids only your kids wow. Interesting. <laughs> well so um and like get, getting back to kind of like the the podcast mm-hmm. you know so we are platform latino like how has being a latina helped hurt assisted made it harder in this industry and then like a second addition to that question you know like advertisements and a lot of it, the industry is becoming more Latino focused. Mm-hmm. Has that increased your business? And like, have you seen more of it? Or like, you are you more sought out because you are you are a Latino makeup artist? Yeah. I'll say it in three answers. That's cool. Okay. Because it's a very popular question, and I have very strong feelings about it. So number one, has it helped me me being Latina in my career as a makeup artist? Absolutely. It was great about maybe six years ago when the Latino boom happened. Latina Magazine came out, um, Glam by Jaysa came out, um, Siempre Mujer, like all these Latin magazines started coming out, and as publications started opening for Latinas, they were looking for Latin artists. Mm. And that was great because I'm Latina, I speak English, and I'm very Americanized, whatever that means. Like I, you know, I can relate to being American, to mm. what they were looking for. And uh, so that really helped with my career. And I knew that I might not have the opportunity to do the cover of Glamour, 
but I had a higher opportunity to do the cover of Glam Bejesa, which is Glamour's Latin publication. Mm. So I did take a step back. And, you know, everything, like I, I, like, I love war. I love strategy. I love business. And so I took a step back as, like, you know, as this all, all was happening. And I said, well, should I put all my energy to try to create, like, all these, like, relationships in the mainstream market? Or should I just look at my own people and see like if we can support each other because that's a cool thing about being Latina and Latinos like we really do help each other there's mm-hmm. like that understanding of like like we, we got you mi and gente, I, yeah. mi gente like you know like and we really do have each other we, we really support one another I mean I think it's so beautiful to be Latina like and Latino like it's it's so much fun there's music there's food there's so many great things and um we really do help one another so yes I did use it I did see that there was an opportunity there and I do see how we continue to help each other uh, because we understand the struggle and where we all come from. We all, most of us come from parents who migrated to this country and we have cousins that are part of DACA. You know, we have the one uncle that crossed the border illegally. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got issues that can that we can all kind of discuss openly with one another. So we really help each other. So I love it, you know. Uh, then yeah, we're yeah. also a myriad of colors and skin oh tones God, yeah. and diversity from from our just our history. So that that gives yeah. you a, a pretty big depth of knowledge of how to like I guess uh, in your in your field too. Yeah, so. yeah, we're all in this together. Like we're all like, it's the best one, and we're all learning together, which is really mm-hmm. interesting because I think when you were raised in this country, most of us went through ESL. Most of us, you know, still sometimes don't know how to speak whatever proper English looks like and uh, and the thing is it's we're all in this like journey of finding our truth and our voice like as a whole mm-hmm. and I find it to be really beautiful especially with where we are today in history where it's really up to us like I do not take that lightly and I tell my cousins I'm like we were giving every opportunity to make an impact unlike our parents probably didn't and um, and we cannot like play small like we really can't yeah, well, the, nothing in your life has been plain small. Oh I feel like you've always been plain. <laughs> no, it's like I get so serious about this because I'm like, my mom sacrificed like everything mm. to be in this country. And it's like it was a little golden ticket that she got. You know, she had to really sacrifice a mm. lot. And um, so I think that we all bond as Latinos in that way. Mm. We all know the sacrifices that our families have gone through. But then number two, which I just discovered recently, like literally a week ago, was you take a Spanish... Latina like myself and you put them in a Caucasian neighborhood I think we spoke about mm. this before and what happens we instantly don't feel like we belong I mean it happened to me and I just discovered this like a week ago and so our whole lives are about fitting in or not fitting in with whether we subconsciously know this or not there's a subconscious that like just doesn't fit in mm-hmm. because it's just what happened to us and so the more I think about that the more I think about my all of people of color and how we're always made to feel not always but we've gone through experiences where we feel less than because we have not been taught on who we actually are which are people that are like powerful who have created mayan ruins and temples and pyramids and our history is so lost that we forget that we are embodiments of like that greatness so to answer your question it's like it's also been hard because i've never felt like i actually fit in and i always have to kind of prove myself based on my accomplishments and and really it's just like you don't have to do any of that we do fit in if anything like we fit in more than that more than ever you know Mm -hmm. but there's still this subconscious level of things that people do not look at anymore they're like oh no like 
you fit in you're fine like even with my black brothers and sisters you're fine like you fit in and uh, there is so much subconscious um, pain mm. that's like put away that we cannot live up to our own potential unless we realize that there's this hidden like want to fit in and to be accepted and I think that especially when you're on the darker end a lot of those conversations not go unspoken and you just I don't know mm-hmm. what do you think Ozzy do you think I'm going on a tangent of all this because <laughs> no, I, no, it's I true. just discovered it's true. this and, I really and, did and like like you said we have talked about this like we're you know we're in the middle and you know we are uh-huh. somewhat darker complexion like in the middle like um in complexion Latinos so we're but then you know the, the white Latinos can blend in but the, and then the darker Latinos can blend in with the but there's always white and black but there's never brown in the middle and yeah. then you know so we, we always got to find our niche and find our space and yeah. our communities that we did grow up with whether it's a more white neighborhood or black neighborhood or Latino like neighborhood like people in East Harlem and whatnot you know they have these niches and these little pockets and you find yourself in there but it's it's always different when you're not in your pocket in your niche yeah. and then also i think you've mentioned it too like when you go back to costa rica and me puerto rico you know we're, we're american we're not we're not yeah. latino we're not puerto rican we're not costa rican we're oh yeah. i've been even been called gringo <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> it's like no. Like, <laughs> give me that something. Yeah. Osvaldo Valdez is a gringo, but <laughs> uh, that will be the title of my memoir. <laughs> nice. But but it is it is true. You gotta acknowledge it in yourself that you you gotta find yourself and be comfortable with yourself, and then that allows you to define what you want to be represented as. Yeah, and I just want to literally just like because this is so crazy. Like this is like a mind blowing when the world doesn't create like where you grow up does not define who you are who you become but the world kind of has defined what what they want us to believe and i don't care if you're watching the news if you're living in your hoods if you're like in the neighborhoods that does have an impact on how you see yourself it doesn't mean that it's real but um but i think that we need to talk to our children a little bit more we need to talk to ourselves a little bit Mm -hmm. more to identify that we um where we come from really strong roots of humans and uh, actually it wasn't until i went to south america for two months backpacking where i was like holy come on like holy shit like we are my my people in ecuador have created this like mm-hmm. the food the, the culture the tech like i'm like i'm really impressed but i never would have known about it unless i went back to my country and was willing to get lost and not go mm. on that path of like being a tourist but i think as latinos we I mean, we're unstoppable, especially because we have that blood in us that stems from this want to succeed and break out of what society has created for us. But we still have a um, some, I forget the word, but we still have healing to do. Mm. And uh, and until we heal, I, I think that it'll take some time for us to, I mean, we're being hurt right now for what's everything that's happening, our children at the border. And like, like we have a long... We have a long way to go because if we understood the power that we have we would all be fighting for our people right now but we're not definitely and we represent like i think it's like 16 17 percent of the population so and it should be like 20 25 percent in the next like 15 20 years so we're we are a presence here it's just maybe we're not vocal maybe we're kind of keeping to ourselves maybe we're because we've been made mm -hmm. to feel like we Mm -hmm. can't be exactly because we're less than supposedly Mm -hmm. um it's a fascinating topic that I want to deep dive into more in my life uh, because I didn't know this about myself. I actually I had no idea that I was living in this world thinking I was less than subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and yeah it's happening to everyone around us so. no we yeah we gotta we gotta believe ourselves and you know we aren't less than than the person next to us whether they're white black green yellow yeah. purple you know we we are the same we bleed the same and yeah. and we just got to keep moving and make our own lives how we want it so yeah and I, you reminded me of a quote that i when i did the camino de santiago which is a pilgrimage yeah. in in spain and the people doing this are called peregrinos which are pilgrims and one time I, I made the wrong path and I went the wrong way and somebody, these these other pilgrims, they followed me. And I said, oh, sorry, I made the wrong. And they're like, don't worry. And then I was talking to some guy that was in the in a bar and he was like, oh, that's, uh, that's a funny story. But Peregrinos, they're never, they're never lost. They're just finding their own journey. They take their own path. And you got to, you know, sometimes you do got to get lost to find yourself or learn more or find out the next level that you need to get to or kind of like wake yeah. you up. But you won't know that until you get lost and, yeah. and find find it. So, and I don't know, it just gave me the chills. But <laughs> I love that. No, that's perfect. No, definitely. But um, I want to be mindful of time. So let me ask you a few, let's say, lightning round questions. Oh dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. So it can be really quick, but we've talked a lot about makeup and women with makeup. What's one beauty trick technique thing that men can incorporate that you wish more men did oh my god this is the best question ever so what i wish that all men would do was put lotion on their feet <laughs> that's a beauty thing it okay, is like no. put, lo put lotion on your body put moisturizer on so take care of their skin take care of their skin you know i mean i'm only going based on my brother i do hear that men are taking care of themselves more often um, but like put some moisturizer on put some <laughs> lip balm on you know like really skin is essential awesome and then like what are what's your favorite book that you would recommend to anybody so my favorite book is by napoleon hill and it's think and grow rich gotcha what was your favorite thing from it like a little tidbit so i i got that book when i was 16 a guy on the subway gave me mm -hmm. a piece of paper and he said you should read this book it'll change your life and so i read the book and uh, what I love about that book is that it teaches you to basically do crazy things. Like, do wild, insane things that you do not think are possible. And just do it. Wow. That's really what I got out of it. But you got to think about it first. Yeah. You got to <laughs> um, think about it. And then you have to create an action to support that that is so wild and makes no sense. Mm -hmm. But you have to do it in order to make the result happen. And uh, I don't know why, but it, yeah, I love that concept and that theory of just doing crazy ass stuff in order to get what you want. Cool. And then the last question is, what's one thing each of our listeners can take away to make themselves feel more beautiful? Just breathe. I like that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. You're it's welcome. been a great time. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, hit subscribe and of course follow us on IG, Facebook, and all other social media platforms at Platform Latino. That's P-L-A-T-F-O-R-M-L-A-T-I-N-O. Thanks again and have a wonderful and inspired day.